Welcome to Credits Due, the podcast where we break down an actor's filmography one movie at a time. I'm Ben Cron, and joining me today is Tyler Owen. Also known as the Pog Slammer of co-hosts. And Neil Potter. Also known as Alf. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us, uh, you Pog Slammer and Alf, and... uh, (laughs) Everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We are, of course, on part seven on our series on Harrison Ford. Um, And today we'll be talking about the 1993 uh, movie The Fugitive. It's directed by Andrew Davis. It stars Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, And as always... We'll start with some film trivia on the movie, then dive into some box office, and then go into our full spoiler-filled discussion on The Fugitive, and then ending with some final thoughts on Harrison Ford and some recommendations. So, Tyler, you want to kick this off with some film trivia? Of course. Every episode, I put together four pieces of trivia from our main film, and one of them I have made up completely. So uh, today I'm very excited because these are some good trivia bits. Uh, I'll be very disappointed if you guys figure out (laughs) which one I came up with. (laughs) Give us those bits. (laughs) All right. Number one, Harrison Ford damaged some ligaments in his leg during the filming of the scenes in the woods. He refused to have surgery until the end of filming so that his character would keep the limp. Number two. This film a- has a sequel starring Wesley Snipes. Number three. The scene where Kimball is running through the St. Patrick's Day Parade was the most expensive sequence of the film. The city of Chicago would not give the director permission to film during the actual parade, so the producers solved this by shooting literally the very next day. They hired roughly <laughs> one-fourth of the previous day's parade floats and participants and got permission to run their own shorter parade route. Number four, the wrecked train and bus remain a local tourist attraction in Dillsboro, North Carolina. The engine of the train, however, was restored and runs a passenger route that features props from the film in several train cars. Wow. All right, Ben, why don't you pick the fake? (laughs) Uh, Wow, that's that's a good one. Yeah, you weren't lying. Those were good (laughs) trainers. Um, man, I got. I think it. the the more impressive thing here is that three of these are true. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that is right? true. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, man, I wanna, God, I wanna say the parade one just because I. Well, actually, I don't know if I want that to be true or false, but uh, I'm gonna go with the last one about the train and the uh. The, the whatever else the tourist stuff <laughs> all right um you know funny thing he's br- the, about the first one is i noticed that he was limping throughout the whole thing so like that mm. makes sense but it's also reckless of harrison ford to just r- <laughs> probably permanently damage his leg um how many legs has he injured in movies <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> he gets a hurt on every movie it turns out um, I'm going to say the parade one is false 
just be, I, I'm just going to say that because I find the alternative to be far fetched, but I'm probably going to be proven wrong here. <laughs> All right, we'll start from the top. Harrison Ford damaged some ligaments in his leg during the filming and refused to have surgery until the end so that he would keep the limp. That is true. Yeah, wow. so you guys both got that one right. Uh, yeah, I. it didn't say how extensive the damage actually was. So, you know, who's who's telling, like, how much of his limp was acting versus real? But mm. that's still if it if it needed surgery and he refused to have it until the end of filming, that seems kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the 90s. <laughs> they probably didn't have they're probably pretty <laughs> lax with um, yeah. healthcare. care. Uh, number two, this film has a sequel starring Wesley Snipes. Guys, that's true, and you both apparently knew that. <laughs> yep. I had no idea. I had heard no, of it, yes. yeah. <laughs> there, there is a sequel starring Tommy Lee Jones and Joe Pantaleone uh, <laughs> with Wesley Snipes as the bad dude. Okay, um, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is the main character, right, of that movie? Yes, yes. Um, but interestingly, uh, Joe Pantaleone's character was supposed to die in this movie, but he lobbied the filmmakers to keep him alive for a potential sequel. And so he got his wish. He got to be in the sequel with Wesley yeah. Snipes. <laughs> Always trust Joey's pants. Like yeah. if, yeah. if he says oh, he God. wants something, you give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and all right. Number three. The scene where they run through the St. Patrick's Day parade was most expensive because they had to do it on a separate day with roughly one fourth of the previous day's parade floats and participants. This is the fake. Congrats, Neil. Congratulations. You got me. So what's fake about it? So um, almost everything. uh, Basically, (laughs) the the city did give them permission to film on the actual St. Patrick's Day. And but it was not scripted. And so they um, (laughs) shortly before the parade was set to happen, they got permission from the city and then they basically just improved all day long. Um, The the sequence where Harrison Ford like tries to um, fit into the crowd and join that like (laughs) union labor group. Uh, apparently he was being, he was too good at being incognito acting wise because no one recognized him for several minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is a, Um, there is a, uh, there is a shot where Tommy Lee Jones is like, he's running in the crowd, like of the parade people. And mm -hmm. he just like throws his hands up in the air. And this (laughs) dude standing right beside him just gives him the weirdest look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm totally betting that those people were just like, not in on that at all. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that means that number four, the wreck train and bus remaining a tourist attraction in Dillsboro, North Carolina. That is true. Wow. Uh, and yes, there is a actual passenger train that has a route that features props and replicas from the movie as well. So That's not wild. sure if that train is still running today, but that was in the trivia anyways. That is, <laughs> oh. that is one of the lamest things I've ever heard, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we, we went down to Dillsboro, North Carolina to see that train wreck from the movie The, the Fugitive. Fugitive. Remember that movie? Oh, right. Yeah, Harrison Ford and uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Tommy P- and Joey Pants. And Joey Pants, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> well, after uh, the trivia here, we're going to get into some box office news. So, The Fugitive uh, was released August 6th, 1993, summer release, and it has a production budget of 44 million dollars uh the domestic opening was 23.75 million dollars um not too shabby um it's overall time worldwide is about 368 million dollars now uh another movie from 1993 that came out which is just another movie with the and an F word is the firm. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> also, a summer is that Tom only, Cruise. That is Tom Cruise, and actually oh, wow. had a larger domestic opening than The Fugitive by like very, very little. But hasn't had as much worldwide success. Um, but as far as 1993 was concerned, like the early 90s were bangers of years for good movies because that it has uh things like groundhog's day jurassic park schindler's list falling down what's eating gilbert grape the firm hocus pocus nightmare before christmas and of course mrs doubtfire so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's interesting to note that this movie was like right along the uh the entrance of tom cruise right like this is like it's starting to be his his uh golden era um and but at the same time i think we're I, maybe I'm speaking too soon, but are we seeing a return to form for Harrison Ford from this movie? I think, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you might be right. He <laughs> <laughs> sure does point at somebody. You guys have heard of that uh, <laughs> that like thing that he points at somebody in every movie he's in. I think this movie oh, really? has the most. Yeah. So apparently he does like an aggressive point towards somebody <laughs> in just about every single movie he's in. Um, yeah. And in this one, it's probably the most aggressive point at somebody I've ever seen. <laughs> so, oh, man. Just want to lay that I out there. Find that super cut. well let's get into the fugitive guys um uh so yeah uh so i guess let's just let's just start off with some initial thoughts and then i guess we can dive into some plot points but um so also i don't know about you guys but this is actually the first time i've seen this movie same um same (laughs) prior i had seen parts of this movie on tv but nothing past the uh iconic like waterfall scene like when he dump jumps out of that the dam oh yeah 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 uh, the I I knew some of it through cultural osmosis a little bit like the the one armed man did it like that I I knew that reference but I never knew where it came from so like, oh, wow. it was when that happened in this movie I was like oh shit the only thing I know or knew about this is the line where he's like I didn't kill my wife I don't care line like I thought that yeah. was that's oh, yeah, the only yeah. thing I knew from it that's a classic mm-hmm. I almost want to cut cut that into like other iconic Harrison Ford movies you know <laughs> where like Harrison Ford says something 
then it just cuts to Tommy Lee Jones saying, I don't care. <laughs> it's such a great. Car- Carrie Fisher saying, I love you. Cut yeah. to Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, so, okay. First of all, um, two big, two big points that I want to bring up. First of all, uh, haven't done this in a long time, but let's go over to Ben's typography corner. <laughs> All right. Uh, this movie starts off uh, with some very 80s-like uh, opening credits um, that I was fucking into. In <laughs> but giant... thank God, not an 80s soundtrack, though. Oh, yeah, though. they literally, they literally uh, learned a lot oh, of yeah, yeah, the soundtrack is wonderful. Yeah. It's actual, like, orchestral scoring, and I was like, oh, mm. thank God we've moved past the bleeps and bloops. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I love how in uh, the beginning of this movie, it's just giant, like, steel letters that say The Fugitive, and then it says Harrison Ford and Timely Jones. And it's just like right at that moment, I'm just like, yes, I'm in. Let's do this movie. <laughs> and then also, um, Harrison Ford plays Dr. Richard Kimball, which that's a great name. Like not not as good as like your Han Solos of the world or, or your, your John Book. Yeah, John Books. <laughs> but still a great name. It's I, pretty good. Yeah. Kimball has like Kimball has said a lot in this movie. Like the FBI agents, they like say Dr. Kimball. And I'm just like All I could think of when I kept hearing that name is isn't that the name of the of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Kindergarten <laughs> yeah. Cop? Oh, no. Detective John Kimball. <laughs> yeah. It is. Wow. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Every time hey, Kimball's, I heard that name. Kimball's a great last name. <laughs> um Okay. My Google Assistant just, like, blew up for some reason. I don't know why I thought I was talking to him. Um, okay, but then initial thoughts on this movie. Uh, yeah, I, it sounds like we're all maybe on the same line, but I loved this movie. Um, I thought it was, like, I think maybe the third act, the end of the movie, is kind of, like, a little too hokey for me. And a little too Scooby Doo, yeah, yeah, a little too yep. Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> but this, um, it's almost like, um, it's almost like Independence Day in a way, where it's like, okay, there's parts of this movie that are dumb, and it kind of has some dumb action, but it is like so well done that you just have to respect it and enjoy yourself along the way um i don't know what the like overall reception of this movie is like in terms of like the zeitgeist um i was watching my i was watching it with my roommate and i was just kind of laughing um throughout this movie and he like turned to me at one point and he was like are you enjoying this ironically and i'm like i'm like no this movie's awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it it rides that perfect line where like you're both laughing at it and laughing at the audacity of it. Like mm. but still enjoying that. You know what I mean? Like when when it got to that first massive action sequence with the train crash, I was just like holy shit like laughing in delight, you know? <laughs> like it was 
it, not laughing in a, in like the sense of like this is so dumb, but like I it, it's like this is peak nineties. Oh <laughs> just, yeah. Like you when when you look at something like that, you're just like, God damn, this was a big movie back then because mm-hmm. only big movies can pull off something like that. Like today, this would just be like. 99% CG and it'd be a pile of tr- flaming trash like I I admire so much of like the action directing and the pacing of this movie it's just like it's infinitely watchable I, I loved every minute of it oh yeah ditto um and yeah I mean that uh yeah the train sequence is so fun but I mean even starting off on the bus like the how um the prisoners are like trying they like uh overpower the guards and then like the bus flips off the road yeah. and then you hear the train like you hear the <laughs> train in the background yeah. and it's revealed that they're just sitting on a train track um it's great it's so good yeah right um uh, the one thing like i kind of thought going into this being as I'd never seen it is that it was going to be almost more action packed than it was instead of like, I guess I didn't know what to expect from like uh, a movie called the fugitive, like more like shootouts or something like that. But he's just, mm-hmm. he's just fugin the whole time. Like he's always <laughs> doing is running and fugin and just making sure he doesn't get caught and then just trying to find his wife's killer. So like, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know, he like never uses a gun. The whole thing wasn't disappointed. I'm just saying my expectations were totally subverted. I didn't oh, expect yeah. it yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I did not know what to expect. Like plot wise, at all and like the fact that he's a doctor uh i think that like i think these kind of roles like really play well for harrison ford where like he's already even at the beginning of his career he was older right like he he did not get he, he was like in his 30s when he did star wars right yeah so like i think it works really, really well for young, him though tyler 30s is like well, so young <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. so- Sure. Keep, keep telling yourself that. Then. <laughs> um, but he 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 plays really well in these parts where like it's kind of this fish out of water, like almost like uh, a lot of the roles that like Liam Neeson gets now too. You know, yeah. where mm-hmm. he he's not he's not actually this like you know expert at the in the whatever situation he's thrown into like he's a doctor on the run like uh, falsely accused of his wife's murder like that it's such a great setup for a a movie and like it's been done a thousand times right like the the dude who's wrongly accused and has to to run from the the cops or whatever and like oh yeah and the killer is a dude with a metal arm and it's like all right dude So much fun, and behind it is the a big corporation. That's what's right. Yeah, a pharmaceutical is like is hired a hitman to kill doctors. I and the one they failed at was Harrison Ford. Yeah, (laughs) I must say I appreciate 1993 for taking it to big pharma back then. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing changes. This movie isn't about how we were. It's how we still are. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Yeah, if this movie if this movie were me- remade today, they wouldn't have to change the the story at all. The screenplay could literally just be exactly the same, and they just put at, just add in CGI instead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And like a thousand guns. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I guess since, um, maybe just talking about the early part of the movie, the, uh, the one thing I didn't like about this movie is the beginning, like it really rushes to get to the fugitive part. Mm -hmm. And I guess I understand that, but I really wish that there was a better setup um, yeah, yeah. They, they fridge his wife real quick. Yeah, <laughs> like, like literally first scene. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know if like that's the the thing is that I wasn't sure if like who the villain was. Like it, like obviously it, we were all supposed to be rooting for Richard Kimball, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's the good guy, and then uh, Tommy Lee Jones is the bad guy. But I most of the time I was rooting for Tommy Lee Jones and like not only because he's like awesome, but I never felt like it. it, The movie for the setup of the movie, it never gave me um, I'd never like really explained well the whole like situation, like leading up to him, like running away and and i either needed more of harrison ford being a good guy at the beginning of the movie um maybe like at least one scene of his wife like actually (laughs) being a human and not just getting (laughs) murdered um or like Tommy Lee jones just being a shithead like you know he Uh, that like i'm stoppable like FBI agent like that's a pretty like fine villain for a movie yeah I I actually really like the way that Tommy Lee Jones character was played like I think that 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 was actually what made the movie so fun is that I think you were supposed to be rooting for both of them like you you like his Tommy Lee Jones character because like he's good at his job mm-hmm. like that's and he he's just doing what he's supposed to do he's supposed to catch the bad guy and he has no context to know that this guy is innocent like he's doing exactly what he should do and he's the only competent person in the room so he's super fun to watch and i think like you're supposed to have that dynamic right like where you you want the the good guys to win and in this case it's two good guys mm. yeah and uh, so that playing off of that dynamic between the two of them was really fun and especially when they got to like have their like momentary uh like scenes together where they just where he just slips away like those were always awesome throughout the whole mm-hmm. film i think mm-hmm. I, i'm probably skipping ahead a little bit my my i think my favorite scene in this movie and maybe in like most of the movies we've watched of Harrison Ford so far was the sequence where he's escaping from that uh, courthouse, I guess. And he manages to like just slip through the security doors as they close and his foot gets trapped in it. And then Tom Lee Jones open fires on him yeah. and it's, it's bulletproof glass. And you're just like, Oh shit. Yeah. 
yeah, like yeah. that was such a good moment. It was cool. I my my thing on that one just was like, oh my god, Tommy Lee Jones is cold blooded. He's yeah. gonna shoot that man like forty times. <laughs> well, it was, the best part is how there's a pause. Like he shoots him like three times, and then that's when it's revealed that it's bolt bolt proof glass. But then his foot is stuck in it, and there's like a pause, and the camera shows both the characters acknowledging it. And then, like, Timely Jones shoots at him again, because it's like, well, yeah. the, the door's still kind of open. Like, I can still kill you. I thought for yeah. sure he was going to shoot him in the foot, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's his other foot, so he has two limbs. He has two yeah. limbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, the. Maybe my favorite, uh, I mean, the the whole train sequence was really visceral and incredible. But I think when this movie, like, really just locked in for me was the introduction of Timely Jones's character. And the it's the aftermath of the whole train sequence. The FBI agents show up and they're, like, they're interviewing that guy uh the from the pr- the prison guard from like the bus and there's that great scene where like he this prison guard just gives the absolute worst testimony <laughs> for um to the local police and he's like yeah but i'm pretty sure th- all the prisoners are dead and the, the police officer was like, all right, sounds good. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> and then uh, I was, the FBI take yeah. control of the investigation. And Timely Jones just starts barking orders. And it's like, it's all like this exposition kind of thing where he's, he's just kind of introducing himself to the audience as an FBI agent, but then also kind of like, laying the groundwork for this chase and i was just like <laughs> i was honestly just like you know sex is good but have you ever heard timely <laughs> jones just bark orders at people <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, after i mean that whole se- sequence from front to back was incredible uh but i think this might be where uh um, Ridley Scott got the inspiration for the rolling ship in Prometheus where <laughs> we have yes! we have fucking <laughs> Kimball is like running straight forward at the train right behind him it's just like dude run sideways run sideways <laughs> <Yeah>. god damn it <laughs> um, yeah it, that's a very I mean that's a very common trope of just like you your, your action star is running towards the camera and then the like giant fireball is right behind them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you could like jump dump off jump off to the side, but no, you gotta you gotta keep running towards the camera because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say though, man, that sequence where he like leaps from the bus right as it gets hit by the train. Yes. Like that that looked incredible. Like yeah. I, you just you don't get that kind of shit anymore. Like the closest we've gotten in the last decade is like Mad Max, the mm-hmm. um road or what was it? Um Fury, Fury Road. road. Mm. Yeah. Where there's like real 
explosions and vehicle collisions and stuff. And like mm-hmm. you see, they, they've shot uh, Harrison Ford's jump on a different plate, but then it's so seamlessly integrated into the crash scene that you're just like, holy shit, that's Harrison Ford. And that's a real train. And it just <laughs> hit the thing he jumped out of. You're like, how did they do that? It's, but, it, you know, it's so simple, but so effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they derailed a train. Like, yeah, because on... they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think Mission Impossible still has that. Um, I yeah, think there's yeah. things, things that Tom Cruise does in those movies where it's like, it's like, did yeah. he really do that? Or like, where do, where's the stunt? Where's his like stunt but, man? And where, yeah. like, where does the stunt end? And where does Tom Cruise begin? <laughs> yeah. It, it, even some of that though gets undercut though, because like, I, I actually just recently watched the, the most recent Mission Impossible. And mm-hmm. there's, there's an incredible sequence in that where he, uh, does a incredibly high altitude plane jump mm-hmm. and that was actually shot and he actually did that in like a suit with oxygen and uh, everything but that whole sequence feels fake because they CGI in like a storm Lightning. that he's yeah. going through yeah. and it looks like g- hot garbage and it's just like man if we if we just saw an uncut entirely like true shot of him doing this real jump that would be so much more effective but yeah like it even the modern movies that do it for real it they make you second guess whether or not it's real by adding in other shit so like that's i guess that's what i just really appreciate about appreciated about this movie because like you knew that it was all real because you know they can't do any of it cgi (laughs) yeah yeah sure um Okay, also in this scene, this is when um, Joey Panch shows up, who is like yeah. one of the all time best like character actors. And <laughs> he is, uh, I, I almost want to watch that spinoff. Um, I know. Just because him and Timely Jones are a perfect pair. Like, yeah. he's kind of the like, like Timely Jones is the stern, like hard ass. And then Joey Pants is like, the guy who is super competent, but he's almost like he's always one step behind of Timely Jones. So he just seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And yeah. And he adds just that extra little bit of sarcasm. To yeah. Every scene. Right. I uh, I heard his voice, but didn't know where he was in the scene because he's got <laughs> hair and a beard. And, and beard. I was like, what? It's yeah. him. It's Cypher. Yeah. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> every every time he shows up in a movie, I just I bust out the line, "Why oh why didn't I take the?" <laughs> I just imagine him eating a steak, and that's all I know. <laughs> yep, I know this is fake, but I just don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, Cipher is easily his best role. Like he's such an yeah. incredible villain in that movie, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, he's one of those guys that just shows up and yeah, he has such a distinctive voice that all you need to hear is one line and you're like, my God, I love this character already. Pants in the house. (laughs) (laughs) So, so going back to your typography corner for a minute, 
Um, did anyone else get thrown off by the fact that Julianne Moore was listed as like third billing yes, and then she yes. doesn't show up until like two hours into this movie? And she's in two scenes. Right. Yeah. 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 So I found out during the research for the trivia that she had a much bigger role in the film, which is why she had such high billing. Wow. Um, Kimball was uh was going to seek out her help after they met in the hospital and eventually fall in love with her <laughs> and these scenes were filmed and cut from the final film wow. so yeah i found that fascinating cuz like that that would have i feel like pretty drastically changed my opinion of this movie like i that i'm so glad that was cut out because that would have been so unnecessary right yeah a lot of movies that are like um of like a person seeking like vengeance because of like their partner died like a lot of them make that that problem where it's like Mm -hmm. oh and i mean they fall in love along the way obviously (laughs) yeah which never never feels right i don't know why audiences would ever want that like it seems right. to so betray the under the underlying theme of the film right like yeah. you're you're um, trying to get away from the situation this like- it, it, how would you how would you so quickly get uh i don't know how, how would you so quickly come to terms with that to be able to fall in love with someone else right that always feels weird vengeance Can't. is enough if you ask me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going to say you can't put a price on good pussy, but <laughs> uh, I had to chuckle on <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that Julian Moore did get pretty high billing and then just realized that like Jane Lynch was in it twice as long as she was pretty much. Yes. I find that kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> it's weird because this, uh, this is also like, um, I mean, when we, when we covered Julian Moore, um, the fugitive came before all of the movies we talked about. Mm-hmm. So this would yeah, have been she, like a, she was discovered by Steven Spielberg for uh, the um, the law what Lost World. Mm. Um, by he watched this movie and saw her performance. Oh so. wow! Yeah, yeah, well, that's wild. Um. Not nine months. He didn't. See nine months. He was. Um, Couldn't get impressed. past Hugh Grant's face. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so and then when, uh, oh, so then there's the sewer. I mean the whole sewer scene. Um, there's kind of a chase. Uh, there's a vehicle chase, um, which is really silly because he steals. Harrison Ford steals a ambulance and then like yeah. doesn't turn the lights off and it's just This like, was the most absurd part of the movie for me. Like it almost lost me here because it, we had there was nothing telling us like what his goal was. Like what the fuck was he doing? Why did he need to steal an uh, an ambulance and why did he need to like drive like an idiot? Yeah. yeah. Like he was he was completely incognito at that point. Like he didn't need to do that. I mean, I guess the 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 police guard like saw his face like the one that he saved from the train um but they didn't yeah like they didn't really the movie almost didn't acknowledge that it was like oh he just got caught someone who like recognized his face so he has to bolt but it just seems right. like he jumped in the nearest car 
And he was like, shit, the, the sirens are on in this ambulance that I just stole, and I don't know how to turn them off. <laughs> yeah, like that, super it, that's fast. the thing. Like, why did, yeah, why did he, it brought so much attention to himself. It's like how he ended up getting caught almost. I know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. That that was the one thing that like really bugged me because it didn't, it didn't feel like we were told what his, his motivation was for like speeding off all of a sudden. Like they could have put in some line about him just like needing to get out of their search radius or something, mm-hmm. but like before they closed off all the roads, but yeah. Uh, and then uh, obviously he ends up returning to Chicago, which is like the main thrust of his character mm-hmm. arc from then on. Well, yeah, that's the, the thing is he's like in a hurry to get back to Chicago to, to find the guy who killed his wife. But right. like, you don't like you, you know that, because he said it like early on in the film but right. like it's still unclear like what he's doing mm-hmm. um but yeah so there's the sewer the sewer scene which is probably easily the most iconic of this movie and that's kind of where you see him you see him making good decisions cuz he like throws his jacket there's like a fork in the tunnel and he throws his jacket down one side and then he turns and goes down the other side and then like there's like uh there's like a incline that he like gets down and then like Tommy Lee Jones like biffs it and falls like when he goes down the same incline um and then there's some yeah and then you get that iconic line of I didn't kill my wife I don't care like that's incredible mm-hmm. and then there's the whole like when he gets when he gets to the end and he jumps off the dam into the river which <laughs> does like a full on flip yeah. <laughs> I laughed because it looked like they threw like a doll off because it kind of like oh, oh, right. I, think that's what they did. I just found that very funny it's like oh he's just like flying down his legs are all apart and everything <laughs> <laughs> yep and I yeah, love how everyone was just like kill someone like he should have <laughs> yeah. died everyone's like that's a one in a million chance that he's still alive and Tommy Lee Jones is like I don't care I'm I'm the big dog always trust the big dog or whatever he was saying <laughs> yeah oh, there was also that sequence like right after he jumped and they're like uh, kind of searching the area where Tommy Lee Jones and Joey Pants are like walking down a giant ass pipe <laughs> and I was like what the fuck were they doing up there <laughs> why, why would you be on that that's seems very unnecessarily dangerous <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of weird um there's a lot of weird shots in this movie because there when uh when he is running away from the train when harrison ford is running away from like the the train instant i'm pretty sure there's two separate shots of him running down the same like path and oh, sure. it's not like one shot that's just split in half. Like, I'm pretty sure the second shot they show of it, he is farther away from the camera than he was like. In <laughs> it's like Monty Python. <laughs> yes, it's very <laughs> Monty Python. And yeah, they and then like that when they're when the two FBI agents are walking down that that like that thing by the dam. Um, there's an earlier scene where they're all standing around and you can see that 
like in the background. So it's like they were just like they were just filming that day and the director was like, you know what would be cool if you guys got up on that thing and just like walked down and did your lines (laughs) up there. That's what I thought too. I was just like, there's zero reason for them to be up there. Like guaranteed they have better ways to surveil the area than walking on a giant ass pipe. Um, yeah, then, then we get in. So once he gets back to Chicago, we really get into like the meat of the, the plot of the movie where um, Harrison Ford is like finding out things um, about this pharmaceutical company that basically like when they were like trying to make this drug and like basically every doctor was like um, showing that the drug was causing liver damage. And so they were, like, writing reports saying, like, hey, this drug doesn't work. And Big Pharma was like, nah. Like, we're just going to, like, I guess murder everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, falsify the reports. And, like, the end of the movie is them doing a big unveiling and being like, hey, we have a drug with zero symptoms. I laughed yeah. so hard. <laughs> Zero side effects. Yeah, not one. Not like it, I mean, you couldn't throw in like itchy skin. Like he's like, hey, right. hey, we we have this perfect drug, but guys, it half of you that take it, you're, you're probably gonna get some itches. Like that's it, just a little itch. <laughs> no, you gotta gotta fly too close to the sun. You gotta say no symptoms. Wait, so what was the drug even supposed to treat? I don't even know. I'm not 100% See, sure. I'm, that's like, that was the part that was so funny to me is like they, they actually go into the weeds a little bit on like the, he's a doctor who's doing clinical studies and he's getting results back. He's submitting reports and he, and the, the results are stored in this location and then there be, the results are being changed by some third party that we don't know. And the whole time I'm just like, wait a minute, what is this drug supposed to do? <laughs> I had no <laughs> yeah, because that's what uh, Jane Lynch finds out that she's like, oh, all the reports are from the reports say they're from multiple livers, but the reports are actually from the same liver. So like they found yeah, one yeah. liver that it worked on and then they were just right. like they just made a 100 reports just from that same yeah. finding. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's some really confusing stuff because it's like the dude, um, the dude that he ends up finding at the end and then he like takes him out on the train. Like I was confused during a lot of it if that was actually the guy who killed his wife or if that was someone else. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of thought the yeah. same thing because like they do this – there's uh like the guy who's like kind of responsible for it like is like runs like the security firm or something for like this drug company i'm not really sure but like they go into that and i i i guess like it it all makes sense that like the head honcho's not doing it and like this other guy is but it just seemed weird that like this guy who's just running a security firm would be like hey go kill this guy like because he's like <laughs> no so okay I, i've got it. okay uh, I'm, gonna, got I'm gonna break it down for you so the one-armed man <laughs> was the head of security 
for this company, this pharma company. So he does private security for them. He's a retired cop. And that's how he got into the security business for this pharma company. And the guy who is creating the drug for the company is Kimball's like buddy who he goes to for help in the beginning of the movie. And it turns out he's the one who has been trying to has been changing the results of the drug because he doesn't want it to come out that it causes liver damage and all these other bad things. Um, so he tells his head of security to kill Kimball because he's one of the only doctors who has revealed that or who's going to reveal this by revealing the results of his study. So if he can kill Kimball, uh, then Kimball can't can, uh, he can't um, go against the results that he submitted. So mm-hmm. if he was still alive, he'd be able to say, no, those aren't the results that I submitted for the for the trial. Um, and then, so yeah, the, the guy who actually killed his wife was the, the ex cop security guy, Yeah, but he was told to do that by the pharma dude. Uh, um, oh, kill his wife or I thought it was, I thought it turned out it was a mistake that he like showed up to kill Kimball, but then just like his wife was just the only one home. So he like, right, 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 right. Yes, you're right. But he, he is the one who killed his wife, but he was there to kill Kimball. Correct. Cool. But then also, didn't he kill a bunch of other doctors? Like there was this, there was like a series of reveals where, Oh no. So the, the guy that Kimball, that Kimball thought was the orchestrator behind all this was the guy who was directing the study. And mm-hmm. that guy died in a car accident the day that the results were changed. So he, what oh, happened right. was that that guy basically was working with the pharma dude. And I'm guessing he didn't he wasn't it was implied that he wasn't going to go along with this plan. And so the pharma dude had him killed. Oh, yes. And yeah. So he was like the scapegoat, basically, that Kimball thought was the one who orchestrated it all. But when mm-hmm. he found out he was killed, then he's like, oh, shit, it goes even higher. Oh, <laughs> goes straight to the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, yeah. Yeah, because I, I yeah, I remember that, that it was like, oh, he died from a car accident. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was implied that he was murdered. Right. Um, yeah. Wild. Uh, but yeah, all that this, is revealed in like the span of like five minutes, so it's yes. real confusing. <laughs> yeah, the like last half hour, like this entire movie is him is Harrison Ford running away from the FBI, and then the last thirty minutes is the entire plot of an entire movie, just like jammed mm-hmm. into. Much. Um. Yeah, that's like, th- like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how else you would do it, but it, I mean, it's done. They save all of it for the end just so you can, it, it, just so they don't give anything away, right? They save right. it for like the big twist. But well, and once it, again, I'm going to refer back to my, like, my, the, the difference between saving something for a twist versus revealing it so that it, that can, add to dramatic tension between characters like mm. who who don't have information that you as the audience have like i feel like that would have worked yet again in this scenario where like 
if we would have if it would have been revealed like shortly after um after he received the uh cash from his buddy that like to the if it was revealed to the audience that oh he was actually the one behind all this Mm -hmm. like i feel like that would have been a lot more interesting and it would have helped reveal some of those details earlier on so that we wouldn't have that info dump right at the end yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and yeah and then that could also be a moment where like timely lee jones figures out what's actually going on and he's Mm -hmm. like okay i still need to catch kimball but also I know that now I know that he was like framed and I can say right. I can be the hero for, you know, this case too. Mm-hmm. Here's a question yeah. for you guys kind of a, along these lines is how long did this movie take place in? Like how much time took place <laughs> in the scene? Cause like, like 48 I thought hours. I, you think so? <laughs> like I, no. I thought I mean, like somebody said like a year like what no no it's like at most it's two or three months oh i was gonna say like a week because that's i i think it's like a week i I I think there's i think there's a couple time jumps where like they lose like after the train and when they get that phone call when he returns to chicago i think there's like a time jump where they're like where they like lose the sense and they're like nothing's happening. Um, huh? And, I swear somebody I, said something ha- like there was a scene like it was like right after. Ah, I can't, I can't remember where he's walking into. I think it's when he's walking into the jail or out of the jail or no, it must have been into. But I swear somebody said something happened a year ago. Like, oh, his wife oh, died really? a year ago. Oh, oh well, that makes sense because he went through the whole trial process. I guess yeah. that could have taken a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that take that trials take forever. So that all right, I, I'd all right. by maybe, that. Maybe that makes sense because I was thinking that was a year since like he escaped the bus. I was like, my God, he's good at <laughs> hiding out. <laughs> why? Why even find anything? Like, just hide out for the rest of your life. You're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, his buddy that he got the cash from really gave him a giant lot <laughs> of cash to have that rented room for like a year. Well, that's what I was. Th- that's what kind of blew my mind too. I was like, what is he doing for money? It's been a year. <laughs> that is so yeah, no. funny that yeah, he he gets money from his friend and it's only supposed to be like twelve dollars. And then he immediately goes and rents uh an apartment. I, like, I don't think it was what? supposed to be twelve dollars. I, th- I think it was like that dude's like a rich dude. Like back in the early nineties, like you would totally carry around like two, three hundred bucks in your wallet because like you don't you oh. don't use credit cards and stuff back then. Like yeah, I I, I guess that um, I guess you might be right, but. I, I was I literally said this to my wife while we were watching though like I was like if they actually if they redid this movie today the, it would be a lot different because right. he would never be able to afford a, renting a room from the, ca- the cash somebody had on him just knocking on their window their car like yeah. it would be like uh, <laughs> my wife Frances was like uh, yeah you could have what I got I mean I've got like a, a subway punch card and a <laughs> 
like yeah. sticky yeah, my platinum order. card right <laughs> he needed do you know what rent is in chicago it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> even a room even a right. room that has obviously yeah. the like previous owner never moved out of like so that lady's kid went to college and she was just like well, I mean, I guess someone else can just sleep in this room. I mean, might as well not uh, let it go to waste. And that's how Airbnb started. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, Anything else? Anything else to say about this movie? Well, I want to talk about one scene that kind of also made me think that uh, Tommy Lee Jones is just a maniac like that. It could possibly be a loose cannon. Is they're tracking the <laughs> other guy that escaped with Harrison Ford and like mm-hmm. they find his location. And for some reason, like, I don't know, maybe you guys can explain this to me. They all dress up as vagabonds to <laughs> like go into like this like house. And then Tommy Lee Jones just blasts that guy in the head like twice. That was fucking hardcore. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it, that. That was a really great mis- uh, misdirection sequence. Like they playing it off like they're gonna break into his apartment, and then like don't they do those two things simultaneously? Where well, it's like his apartment is actually being raided, but it's by or is that a separate? It's like a, a separate, it's separate scene. scene. Okay. Yeah, there's a scene where the local police come and then they take his like his landlord's son for like mm-hmm. uh, drug dealing, dealing drugs. Yeah. Yeah, but this one, there's a scene where Harrison Ford gets picked up by a total babe, and (laughs) they they never even show him get in this chick's car, but he gets in, and then it immediately cuts to the FBI and being like, uh, yeah, he shacked up with a hottie last night, and he's still there. Um, and yeah, it's the, a misdirect where you assume they're talking about Harrison Ford, but they're actually yeah. talking about the other escaped convict. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty well done. I like yeah. that a lot. The, the mm-hmm. one good line I did that came out of that is like after that happens, the one guy is like talking to Tommy Lee Jones. Cause he, so the, the, the captive like takes one of the policemen prisoner that's like raiding the house and he's going to shoot him. He's like, I got your boy. I'm going to shoot him or whatever. And then Tommy Jones gets a sweet flank on him and like just double taps him in the head. And then <laughs> afterwards, like he's talking about how he can't hear or whatever. And like Tommy Lee Jones is just like, I don't negotiate or whatever he says. And it's, yeah, it's pretty I don't tough. Bargain. I don't bargain. Yeah. yeah it was so well, badass. That, that, that was the moment where I thought he was going to turn into a full villain because right. he's like he leans in and he's like can you hear me now it's like yeah i don't bargain <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i threw an accent on there that was maybe wrong but, <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it was like it was like oh my god is this guy like a loose cannon does he like not care about his own teammates but mm-hmm. um he is he's a maniac <laughs> They gave him a gun. He had a second gun down in the (laughs) sewer. He had two guns on him. Mm. He just wants to shoot somebody. (laughs) It's a professional. That's how the professionals work. (laughs) Um, So the end, uh, I don't know how much there is to say about the very end of the movie. Um, This is probably the weakest part for me. I just thought 
it goes into like a full action movie and it just like did not work for me. Um, yeah. I kind of agree. I think it kind of got a little like all of it was just kind of like a little three way chase through like a laundry mat kind of like hotel laundry room. And I was like, yeah. would somebody just shoot each other already? Like, I don't know. It, it didn't do much for me. The the yeah, one no thing one I did kind of like about it. That one guy. <laughs> the one thing I did kind of like about it was the, the addition of um, when they had the altercation with the one-armed man on the train. Mm, yeah. And the one-armed man kills the police officer. Um, I, that set up for an interesting bit of tension at the end where like it's a race to for it's a race for Tommy Lee Jones to get to Harrison Ford first because it's implied that if the cops find him first they'll just straight up execute him because they think he's a cop killer yeah like well, yeah, I thought that was really interesting and shot at him when he was on the <laughs> yeah. roof yeah, so like that, I think that was a smart way to up the the action tension in that mm-hmm. sequence, but it went on for a little too long. Right. Yeah. I, I also think they could have played the tension up more so in that, where because like they didn't really focus on the aspect that the cops really wanted to kill him. Like they mentioned mm-hmm. it and like they show it by like them shooting, but like it only happens like once and it's mostly just focused on Tommy Lee Jones I would have liked it if like maybe the police force had like a SWAT team like also running after him and Tommy Lee Jones had to run after him first in true action form or something like that yeah yeah like in the end of the dark night exactly like the end of the (laughs) dark night (laughs) man and poor Joey Pants gonna need some dental work Um, oh man when, when he got hit in the head with like whatever that thing was <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that scared me a little bit because i was like man you don't kill you just don't kill jo- <laughs> joey pants yeah uh, not when he's the good guy nope. not when he's an fbi nope. agent um okay let's uh you want to get to final thoughts yeah so for for every movie we like to give harrison ford a rating out of one to five Harrisons. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, uh, oh, I guess, I mean, we haven't really talked too much about Harrison Ford's performance, but um, I, I mean, I don't know if this is, if this is sacrilegious or not, but I think this is from the movies we've discussed. I think this is his best performance. Um, wow. wow. High praise. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I fully believe that, but I was just completely, I was just loving, um, Harrison Ford in this movie. Uh, I think he's incredible. This is kind of like showing what he kind of does best where he can play a doctor. He can play these scenes where he has to be super smart and be both charming and intelligent. But then he's also this very, you know, he's very good at playing the fugitive and playing this uh, man on the run, you know, trying to figure out things. It's kind of, um, and then also it, it doesn't really ask him to be an action star. Like Mm -hmm. his biggest, I mean, he has a fight scene at the end, but like his biggest like action star moment in this movie is him running away from a train. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they don't, he's not like picking up, 
he, yeah, he never fires a gun. He's not like picking up this like machine gun and blowing down like a helicopter or something. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It it is very subtle, and I think that's what really works for this movie. And I think that's why Harrison Ford is so good in this movie. So yeah, five out of five Harrisons for Whoa. me. Damn. <laughs> Whoa. Neil. Oh Neil, what man. About you? Okay, uh, I I ag- agree for the most part. I think uh, Harrison Ford does uh, an excellent job. In all honesty, though, going into this movie, I wanted to watch it more for Tommy Lee Jones than I did for Harrison Ford, in all honesty. Um, and I wasn't disappointed there either. Like, I think those two are awesome in this movie. Um, I think, like... The ending is a bit Scooby-Doo-ish a little bit. And, like, uh, I think it could have worked on the second act a little bit more, I think. But, like, other than that, like, it's 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 pretty great. Like, this is, like, getting back Harrison Ford back into the game after regarding Henry. Uh, so, like, I'm going to give it four. I think four out of five Harrisons. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I'm right in line with you, Neil. I think I, this is a a solid four out of five Harrison film. Um, I we we kind of skipped over one of the cool character moments he gets in the second act, where he uh, returns to the hospital to try and get information about one armed people, and um, he he ends up. Uh, coming into contact with a, a young boy who was in a part of a bus crash and he like transports the boy and looks at his x-rays and like tries to figure out what's going on with him, tries to get him the help he needs because the the kids kind of getting overlooked because there's so many other people coming in from this bus crash. And like that that little bit of him actually playing a doctor for a moment was like, such a great little moment for his character just to show like yeah he's not in this just for himself like he he like is he is embodying the role of a doctor who's like just wants to help people right and he just happens to be in the middle of this insane situation where he could be put in jail and then put to death. Um, so I, I really appreciated that sequence and it was where we also got to see Julianne Moore, which, uh, guys, I'm going to give this movie four out of five Julians. (laughs) (laughs) What is this? A crossover episode? Oh my God. Oh my God. So yeah, I, this is a extremely watchable film. Um, really enjoyed his performance and, uh, you know what? I, I will definitely watch this movie again sometime. It's like, it's up there in one of those films where like, for um, for an actor, I have a fondness for. It has now entered the like. Okay, this is uh, this is part of his important movie anthology, yes. right? Like, yeah, it, right. It's entered that that level. Yeah. So, and of course, we're talking about Joey Pants. Five out of five. <laughs> oh yeah, five out of five Joey Pants. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to some recommendations. So every episode, we like to leave you guys with some recommendations that don't necessarily have to be movie related. So, Neil, what do you what would you like to recommend for us? Well, mine is movie related. Mine is uh, kind of a 
action horror movie from last year, 2018, called Overlord. It's one that was in theaters, I think, very briefly in my area, but and I just never got around to watching it. But it was something I was really interested in watching. And what it is, uh, it's I think it's produced by or not produced, but it's by the bad robot who, so it's got like JJ Abrams kind of, um, attached to it in a, in a way. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's set in like world war two, um, in Europe and it's like, takes place on D day. So it's a bunch of paratroopers who drop into Normandy on D day. So they're in France and their goal is to like, take out like, um, a radio tower, a signal tower, so the um, troops on the beach can advance further in um, more unimpeded or whatever. And then once these, and it kind of takes its, the the fact that paratrooper drops all over Normandy got all messed up. They just got scattered everywhere. So a bunch of like the plane that they start with of like a full plane gets pretty much destroyed. And there's like four or five people left that actually then continue on this mission. And what this small like little uh, company finds is that like the Nazis in that area are doing like these weird experiments to like make essentially like super soldiers but they're turning them into like uh kind of like zombies so uh, it's it's kind of like a weird zombie slash like i I guess that's the closest thing i could say it is is like zombies (laughs) or like mutants or something like that but like um then the mission it's wolfenstein in everything but name exactly it that is exactly correct so um and it I you know and I'm kind of like upset I didn't see it earlier because I loved this this is like exactly what I wanted it was like kind of campy and cheesy but like also the action was really well done it had the most mustache twirly villain like you've ever seen in a Nazi like and it's just like it was incredible. Like it had really good action sequences. Like it didn't really have any big name actors in it or anything. So like you had no like star power to carry it. It was just carried by like all the actors in it um, that were there. And it was just, it was super, super fun. Like I highly recommend it. If you're like into like supernatural stuff and like stuff taken around, like uh, world war two themed stuff. And it actually kind of made me think like, why more movies don't take a genre and shift its time period. Like, I think that could go a long way. Like you see zombie things and it's always like a post-apocalyptic future. But like, what if it was something like set in the forties or earlier, or like it makes you want like a Terminator movie that takes place in world war one or something like some things like that. Like, I think you can take, it, I think uh, movie studios should take more advantage of that, of finding a different period to set things in, like give something like the zombie movie, a World War II aesthetic. Like that's such a cool, like little idea. And I think more things should go that direction. But yeah, yeah, well, I yeah. I saw that in theaters and it was like the biggest surprise of last year. I you you've basically just reminded me that I need to watch <laughs> this movie again because it's it's it is excellent. I really enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Like and honestly, if you just cut 
the, if you just cut the movie before any of the supernatural stuff happens, I would say it is an astoundingly good war movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> the war sequences that happen before any of the supernatural stuff shows up are fucking incredible. Yeah. Like they're really good. Agreed. Well done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I just have to go and watch this movie. I, I believe it's I, on Amazon prime. Oh, if nice, you've got that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it got, I, maybe it got an unfair shake when it came out because it was wasn't this supposed to be a Cloverfield movie uh, and, um, might have been I don't know I'm not sure um, maybe yeah and I think after what that space movie that like third Cloverfield movie came out I think everyone was just kind of ready to just destroy that franchise <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah there was rumors that I'm pretty sure that this was there was rumors that this was going to be in that franchise and then they like cut it at like the last second hmm. um but yeah i i would have been okay with that still but yeah, yeah. this it, the word the name overlord tells you gives you absolutely nothing yeah. it doesn't really make any sense for this right yeah cool yeah but i yeah i've heard so many people like talk about how good that movie is so maybe I'll... it's better than it has any right to be like I, that's the best yeah. way i can describe agreed. it so so agreed cool. yeah uh, Tyler, what about your recommendation? Uh, yeah, so I was not planning on picking up this game, but uh, this previous weekend I jumped into Jedi Fallen Order. Um, this is the new Star Wars game that is created by Respawn Entertainment, which is the studio that has been responsible for the Titanfall games and um, Apex Legends, the Battle Royale game, free-to-play. Um, and, uh, of course, it is... They are within the EA um, uh, wheelhouse, so there have been... It's been a rocky few years yeah. with the Star Wars license with EA, um, but I am happy to tell you all that Jedi Fallen Order is solid as fuck. This game is really good. Um, I I had pretty low expectations for it, actually, because I thought that the trailers were pretty bad. And I was not a fan of the actor that they chose to play the main character. Um, but really, all my fears have been assuaged. Like, just playing this game for a couple hours, you're like all right, I'm in. And I like, it's all I can think about now during my work day. And since I work from home, it is <laughs> astoundingly difficult to like stop myself from just taking a break to play. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it, the, the basic pitch is that this takes place um, after episode three. So I can't remember how many years after, but it's uh, basically not the, long. I mean, yeah, only a few it's years. not too long. Yeah, the the empire is uh, or the empire is like coming to power still, and they've mostly eradicated all the Jedi. Um, but they it, there's just like kind of a sense of disarray in the universe, and uh, you follow this young Jedi who I I don't believe it's not clearly stated yet, but I don't believe he's ever reached the status of like full Jedi. I think he was still a Padawan when everything fell apart. Um, but you, you're pretty much your basic goal is to like find out if there are any Jedi left and if you can try to rally them and, uh, and help them restore balance to the Republic. So, um, 
but the gameplay is really unique actually and unique in the sense that it's combining a bunch of things that aren't very unique um it is i think one of the ways i described this to a friend the other day is it's the best uh prince of persia game that's ever been made (laughs) um and it's also the probably the only dark souls game i'll ever play um and just like so many you can make so many comparisons to other games that i think really make it easy for you to jump in and understand what the game is um but it just it does all of them so well that you kind of forgive it for borrowing all these elements from other places um, and I, I almost wonder if that's not just a result of the fact that Respawn is mostly like a first person shooter studio. And so this is kind of a totally different direction for them. Um, but it works, man. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm uh, I, I think that the the story content and the acting is all pretty great. And um, graphically, I'm playing on the Xbox One X. It looks incredible. So yeah, this is it's just really solid. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to get to the end and see how it all plays out because obviously we kind of know that uh, you know he's not probably not bringing the Jedi back in this game. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that is one thing I'm interested to see because like they're mm-hmm. like you know that the goal they're doing is like doesn't happen, right? Um, so but I mean that it was the same thing in Rogue One, and I thought that was one of the best of the new films that's mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. out so far. So it's like, you know, knowing the general outcome of it, I don't think it inhibits the potential for storytelling there at all. And I'm I'm really into what they've been doing so far. I think I'm I just got to the the Wookiee planet Kashyyyk, so I'm like maybe eight hours into it. I've been I've been trying to explore every nook and cranny. So nice. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm. I'm really loving this game for is the exploration. Like Mm -hmm. there's like the game almost forces you to like explore an accident because you'll like, you'll land on planet. You'll have to go to like the other side of the map for the story. And then it's almost annoying that you, they, you have to backtrack. Like when you're done, you're like, okay, I found this, um, uh, I found this MacGuffin. Um, so, all right, back to the ship. And then you have to backtrack the entire way. Or you just end up, like, going through different routes that you didn't take. Um, in the planet I'm on, I was doing that and I was kind of annoyed. I was just like, oh, I just want to get back to this, to the ship. I want to get off this planet. And then, like, I just, like opened a door that I had missed like going through and then I found like this giant star destroyer that was like wrecked and was just sitting on the planet and I was like okay I'm gonna climb in there and see what (laughs) goodies are in there yep and yeah or you stumble into a boss fight that is optional and like that that kind of shit like I love it. And and it that was the other thing too like the exploration ex, uh, aspects and the like backtracking elements like are very reminiscent of the Metroid Prime games. Mm-hmm. In, even down to like the way that the map is where it's like this 3D 3D representation of the map and you kind of have to like navigating the map is almost part of the game mechanics and part of the challenge like trying to figure out okay, well how do I get from here to over here cuz it's in like three dimensional space. It's just like it's really cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's really fun. I definitely, if you 
if you're a fan of Star Wars, I think it's it's um it's a must buy. And um yeah, it's a hell of a game. Yeah, there have been some complaints about like technical stuff, um, but so far I really haven't run into much of that. I, 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 I have a feeling that a lot of that stuff is getting patched pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm so far I have been pretty lucky. So yeah, I think there was a big patch actually today that was released, at least on Xbox. Oh, so, nice. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to recommend a movie that is actually kind of in the this along the lines of overlord in that it's kind of a dumb movie that is just better than it has any right to be. But, uh, this is ready or not. Um, it came out, uh, several months ago. Um, did either of you have seen this movie uh-uh. now, but I wanted to, um, yeah, definitely. I highly recommend it. This is, um, about a movie, it takes place on a wedding day, and the bride is entering this family, this big family, um, and they're like millionaires. And it's like, I don't remember exactly what they what they do or like what the family does to like make them so much money, but the whole thing, the whole setup of the movie is it's the wedding night um at, it's after the wedding and the family has this ritual where they play a board game like every time a new member joins the family they play a board game and of course there's this huge weird like story behind this ritual and it goes back like thousands of years and then there's like maybe a pact with the devil that the family made (laughs) that um (laughs) that like them playing this board game is like appeasing this like demon or whatever um and they just have to play a game the new member like draws a card and it is basically randomly choosing the game and it could be Parcheesi or it could be Uno, you know, it could be like all these just normal games. Um, but what happens is if they choose the card that says hide and seek, which is, of course, what happens, um, the person, the new member goes and hides and then the entire family has to kill that person. And they have oh, to Jesus. kill the new person like before sunrise the next day so they only have like like nine or maybe ten hours however long it is and they have to, if they don't kill that person and like perform this satanic ritual then like this pact with the demon is broken so <laughs> obviously on paper that sounds super dumb right like I feel like there's so many movies like this that is just like this innocuous setup of like, yeah, they're playing hide and seek, but then there's like this satanic side to it. But I think what's what makes this movie so fun is that they fucking commit to that premise. (laughs) And like every there's like everyone in this movie is taking it fucking seriously. And that's kind of what is so fun about this movie um just just based on the trailers it felt like it was doing the same kind of thing that get out was doing 
yeah, where it's like of. this kind of absurd premise that just like has a a strange tone that we're of commitment but also like playfulness to it you know mm-hmm. yeah i i'm i'm really excited to watch it is it available on anything for f- streaming for free or do you have to rent it i assume you have to rent it um okay it should be by now it should be um it should be up to like rent digitally um but i don't know if it's on any streaming service okay um, but yeah, it reminds me, um, oh, wow. <laughs> Google says Google lists only Fandango. So maybe it's not, hmm. maybe you can't even rent it yet. Um, weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, it should, it should be up though. I mean, it, it's, it was released in August, so it's been a few months, but, um, Anyways, it it reminds me a lot of, um, what was that, what was that movie, um, that Joss Whedon wrote, and it's about the kids going to cabin, uh, the cabin in the woods. <laughs> That's oh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds, it is like borderline cabin in the woods, but I think okay. it's not as much of a comedy as cabin in the woods is, um, it's definitely more along the horror side, like maybe horror thriller. Um, but it is, uh, but yeah, it's, it is a fun movie. Maybe wait for it to jump on like a Netflix or something like that. Um, but, uh, it is a fun, enjoyable movie and I really enjoyed it. The main, uh, the main actress is, oh man, uh, Samara Weaving, um, which I don't recognize her from anything, really. Um, yeah, this is pretty low budget. It was only six million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah, very low budget. I mean, it all takes place in a mansion, and it's just like it's very like almost like a play because there's not a lot of action until the very end. So it's basically just a bunch of rich people like walking around with guns, <laughs> trying to trying to kill this this one person. All um, right. Yeah, it's very fun. Uh, that's ready or not. I think it is one of those movies that is like you see a trailer and you're like, all right, this is kind of this is dumb, right? This has to be stupid. <laughs> but it was very enjoyable, and um, uh, it, uh, Adam Brody is in it, and this is something that probably no one has ever said uh adam brody is very good in this movie (laughs) (laughs) he is a a surprising he delivers a very surprisingly good performance and he's one of and also like all the other the entire cast really is bringing a lot of fun energy to this and yeah it was a very it was a surprise to me and that i really enjoyed it but um yes that's ready or not um okay guys that's it for this episode of credits due um thank you all for joining us and i hope you'll join us again in two weeks when we discuss um the movie clear and present danger um very excited to watch this movie it is um a jack a jack ryan movie 
um, which Ooh. is a franchise that I'm not really familiar with. Um, I think the only people who are are pretending that <laughs> 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 people who read the books, maybe I don't know yeah. everything else. Like I doubt the average person knows that they are the same character in a bunch of these different movies. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, they don't have really good SEO for this franchise. No, they yeah. don't. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like the last like franchise that the like big like franchise that Harrison Ford was a part of. And I think it's probably forgotten just for that reason that you don't know that they're connected. They're just kind of like innocuous thrillers. Um, But yeah. Um, But yeah, Clear and Present Danger. Uh, Looking forward to that. And we'll be talking about that in two weeks. So until then, Tyler, why don't you tell the people where they can get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Owen. You can find me, Neil, on Twitter at Dino Neil Man. And you can listen to my new music podcast where I interview music musicians about a song that inspired them. That's um, at Pivotal Tracks. Uh, you can find that anywhere that uh, at any podcast service that you found um, this podcast at. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Credits Due Pod. Um, and until our next episode, in two weeks, we'll be, we'll, we'll be talking about Clear and Present Danger. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for listening and watching along. And until next time, remember, as always, you missed your stop. Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> it's, it's BA. <laughs>